Okay, we have gotten started. Welcome to the Feel the Heal podcast, Lily B, (laughs) Mrs. Lily Bellew. Um, So for anyone that's tuning in, this is a podcast that has been written in the stars. It has been a long time coming because pretty much um, every single phone call that we have on a daily slash weekly basis turns into our own podcast episode. So this is the first of many that we plan to do together. Um, we, Lily is my source of solution. She is who I can be fully seen, fully transparent with. Um, she is always walking through my processes with me. So anytime I'm coming into expansion or if I'm in the constriction part of growth, she is right there with me witnessing me. And so I really, we have a destiny to collaborate together. We have mm-hmm. such a vision for our lives that we hold each other um, accountable to. And just, we get each other so excited to embody the next version of ourselves and um, And also, I love that we, every day, it's like we're excited to meet the next version of each other because we're constant, Mm -hmm. like we're not attached to each other's past. We're we're always open to embracing each other as we grow. So today, I'm having Lily on. I'm going to do like a podcast type uh, interview just so we can hear her story, so we can really hear more about her journey so far, how her life experience really um, aligns with being fully embodied in truth, fully embodied in your authentic self and what the journey of getting to that is, what the journey of being in it is once you're in that on that path and how you continue to learn how to honor it. So um, I guess we'll just begin. Um, Obviously, we both have a history in recovery, and so that's where a lot of our spiritual paths start is in our path to sobriety, but share as far back as you want, wherever you feel called to share on, whether you want to start like when you first came into sobriety or where do you feel like you really got access to starting to live in full integrity with your truth, like your truth that is so radically different than maybe the mainstream? I mean, so I'm so excited to be doing this, first of all, and thank you for getting me out of my comfort zone and inviting me on here. You know, I've never done something like this, Um, but I was actually, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday because I was... um, I was DLing a meeting and it was all about that, that abrupt and deep surrender, you know, to get to the point that I was at. Like first I had to be just humbled, humbled and humbled to something greater than myself to recreate my life. And, and once I learned that discipline, you know, of like, just, just trust, you know, surrender and trust. What, what does surrender even mean, you know, and how does that look getting sober? And then how does that look in my life today and how intentional it has to be to recreate my life? And I mean, there, there's been two awakenings 
for me, honestly, like the awakening of like getting sober, having deep surrender and having absolute zero control over my life, but the choice to choose a spiritual solution. And then once the solid foundation was laid and I gained, it was like God was giving me freedom back each year of sobriety. And then it was almost like when I could be trusted, you know, with trust and belief within myself and in in God in this foundation, then I had a second awakening that was just as abrupt, (laughs) just as brutal and uh, just a dual experience as I've been learning this whole past two years is like spirituality is duality you know dual a dual experience and so that second um awakening you know if that's more what you're talking about as far as okay I'm gonna break the mold of what society says and follow this inner call and I have no idea how it's gonna work out and but I'm gonna do it you know so, I mean, it just depends on where, where, which one you're going for, if you want a little taste of both, um, or if you want to focus on like that, the, the second one, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I would love, because I mean, they're really interconnected. I feel like just knowing yeah. your story and your journey, it's like, I love how you just described it too. Like, it it was one thing to come like to think like you're just going to try to live your life in a way that doesn't involve substances and you like you thought that was a brutal enough and radical enough transformation and you like you said you had no idea that years to come living this sober life where the goal is just to live in a self-sustaining <laughs> way like you just want a normal job you want yeah. like normal friends like you just want all normal like things that society ha- you know shows us is normal to have because we were living so abnormally we were living so delusionally and so it, so in so much insanity and chaos but i love how you described this second awakening because you said it was just as brutal and i always say you know healing growth rigorous raw honesty and radical truth living by that is not for the faint of heart because you're going yeah. to be challenged and so what did that start to look like in your life like what was you what was the the brutal nature of this second awakening and can you lead us into that yeah i mean so obviously um well first to give a little bit of backstory like yeah i'm i'm in sobriety for heroin and um I've been sober since February 9th of 2016 so I'll be coming up on 7 years which is crazy and so obviously getting sober with many many attempts and facing that was the, the first brutal awakening and humbling surrender to I have no idea how to do this and I have to be led by others and by God and then this time it was like you know this foundation had been laid Um, I had been like, I just realized that I was still kind of miserable. You know, I was falling back into kind of just this asleep mindset. And it was like, God was like, okay, it's, it's time to, you know, I was doing so much work in the beginning of sobriety, like always in the Bible, 
constantly reading, constantly seeking, trying out prayer books, trying out all sorts of things to, you know, grow my understanding and effectiveness with whatever this creator, you know, that I was developing with. And so I can remember around year four, and this was like probably two months before 2020 hit. And I had three week panic attack out of nowhere. I mean, severe panic attack. I had no idea that it was a panic attack. I didn't know what was going on. All I knew is that it reminded me of four or five years, but um, of getting sober. And I'm like, why do I feel like I'm detoxing right now? Like my legs are kind of numb. I feel restless. I like I had all sorts of body sensory going on and just heart rate and so much dysregulation of severe panic that, and I didn't know what was going on. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't even know how to explain this to people, but I'm like almost five years sober and I feel like I'm going crazy and I have no, nothing going on in my life, you know, so that's like traumatic. Um, and so I remember like driving home during work and like during lunch and like just coming home to like be in the fetal position because I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna go back to work like that's how intense this panic was and I did what I knew how to do which was you know up my my program my spiritual tools of action pray meditate go to these meetings and call women you know I was like I don't know how I'm gonna survive this but that's what I had at the time And I knew that God was the solution because I had been restored before. Um, But at this point, I'm sober. Like, I don't have drugs to blame it on. (laughs) Like, what's happening? And I made it through those three weeks. And I I was like, I don't know what that was. It kind of went away. And I was just like, that was weird. And um, one thought was like, okay, I was able to feel that bad internally and not ever have a thought of using. That's pretty crazy. I was able to feel that bad and I'm okay. You know, like there was a strength that was that was showing that God was there in those moments. Like, hey, like you can experience this storm, but I'm there, you know? And to follow that, 2020 came and I got a break from life like many people. And I feel like you had like the either the people who didn't know what to do with all their time or the people who thrived, you know, and I thrived in 2020. Like I had been, <laughs> my schedule, I had never had a free schedule before since I've been sober. Like obviously, you know, I was incarcerated for a long time. I had no control over that. I was in drug court for a long time. I had no control over my schedule and I worked full time and I was going to school. So like, 8 a.m. or 7 a.m., technically 5 a.m., calling for a drug test to 10 p.m., I was out of the house running from place to place. So when 2020 hit, it was like school from home, work from home, and there was time. And it was uncomfortable for two months, but I did what I knew what to do, which was dive into the Bible and dive into spirituality you know, like dive into knowing God, I need to have a new experience. And so I did that for a whole year. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm happy all the time. I'm going outside, I'm getting the sunlight. I'm like, this is the year of health, like, I'm going to focus on all those things. And in doing so, 
I started saying a prayer, which I know you did as well. That was open me wide up. You know, I don't want to live like this anymore. Um, I, I want to walk into purpose, open me wide up and remove the obstacles. You know, I've been saying since I was 19 that I wanted to write a book or I felt called to write a book. I felt a spiritual call and, you know, I'd been given time. And so through this spiritual awakening of seeking God above all else, waking up earlier, doing the meditations, journaling, I mean, just trying all sorts of things that I had never had before. Morning routine really came in at this point, you know, and up-leveled. And by the end of that year, I started experiencing severe panic that I didn't know what was going on. And that's when the brutality came in. Because I'm like, why am I doing all of these things? I'm having such an insane experience. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling free. I'm feeling more connected. I'm committed to being open-minded. I'm reading the word every day, prayers, whatever. And then my body and mind and everything starts feeling like I'm tripping on shrooms. And I'm like, <laughs> what is is going on like I'm sure you remember me calling you and I'm like I don't I was afraid to explain the, the the internal experience because I'm like again I'm five years sober what in the world is this I yeah um, that's so powerful like you're saying so this you said you had had your first panic attack but then 2020 hit you started to like answer the call a little bit more in the slowing down and then at what time did the panic come back that it was like so undeniable? Was it before or after you started um, writing your book and before or after? I almost I can't remember. Was it before you quit your job or when did that? It was what, what was the timeline of that? Yeah, so I had all of 2020 where I'm having this spiritual awakening, right? Where I'm like, OK, I'm ready to do I feel called to do more and I start doing affirmations and I start doing meditations and I start exercising all these tools through books and different things that were just coming to me and I'm I'm attempting these actions that other people before me have said you know they've achieved like I'm just like what do I want to do with my life you know and so I start asking God you know I want to live in purpose I want to live in service I want to be able to write this book, do in me what you need to do so I can write this book and that prayer right there. By the end of that year, you know, it was like I, I had this year of fun, that dual experience of, you know, spirituality where I'm just like in this loving, gentle, caring relationship with God. And by the end of the year, um, I can remember New Year's. It was around December where I started having like some weird effects coming on. And again, like, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know that this was trauma and panic disorder revealing itself so that I could write the book. Um, but so it was December and I wrote my first story, like right after New Year's to start the year off and it opened it all up and I was unable to write until October. Because from once that door was opened, Pandora's box, <laughs> it was time to heal. And so it took eight months for me to get regulated enough to start writing. 
Wow, I love that. I mean, because what I know about trauma and like what I've witnessed and people healing from trauma and from what all the experts say is like healing trauma is like this pendulum swing of of really tapping into that insanity of the body, which is trauma. Like trauma is the insanity and the brutality or the brutal nature of this overwhelm in the body. And then the pendulum swing to authenticity and truth yeah. and purpose. Like that is the remedy to trauma. Um, obviously there's a lot of modalities that, you know, you use to, to, to move through that pendulum swing, but really that is the transformation that, that trauma offers and the wisdom that trauma offers is living in that truth. And it's amazing to me because I'm hearing all of this in your story. It's like, crack me wide up to reveal what is blocking me from yeah. living in these divine seeds that you had already, re you know, received that had been planted many, yeah. many times ago. And then it's as you were like, okay, I'm seeing this, I'm witnessing this seed, this vision in me, and I know I want to start moving towards it. You started calling on source to just fully open you and remove whatever was blocking you. But I think the other cool thing to like hear in your story is you went from getting sober, from having a rigid life incarcerated, a rigid life in a drug program, a rigid schedule with, um, and I don't want to even say rigid, but just a very like it was structured, rigid. yeah, disciplined, structured, structured rigid, yeah, exert, exerting self, which, you know, as we're taught, like sobriety and the like really remedying the delusional self-centered nature of addicts is like to get outside of self. But right. at some point it's like, you're doing, doing, doing that gives you a whole new sense of purpose, which you were doing. Like you were going to school, you were going to meetings, you were being of service, you were doing all these things. But as soon as that slowed down, it's like, that's when, that's when the water like literally become still after the storm and you you have mm -hmm. to like sit with truth yeah. and I think like you were saying in 2020 everyone had obviously different circumstances but some people just did not have the capacity to sit with the truth you yeah. know whatever the truth was trying and it, it becomes overwhelming and so for you it, that came up it was like those silent whispers that were pulling you and you were thriving until it came to, okay, it's time to have a new awakening and it's not gonna be the psychic change that you experienced before. It's gonna be this awakening and God consciousness that's gonna come up through your body. And while right. you're navigating that, you're gonna be this pendulum moving from tapping into that and then also moving into, let me honor my purpose and what I'm being pulled to do. So how did that journey start to go for you? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it was that discipline and that foundation served me to a point, you know, and then, yeah, we get so many people got sat down and the truth is revealed what's going on because you can't avoid it. And I, I guess that my humble and my, you know, being humbled and my surrender was so deep, you know, six years ago that um, 
I had a better attitude towards facing this insanity that was being revealed. And I realized, you know, like I was asking for this. I was like, I want an abundant life. I want to move into the life that God offers, you know, and says that, that we can have through him. And I don't, I knew that I was the one that was like afraid and addicted to comfort, you know, and addicted to avoidance and whatever. And it was like this fire under me. So obviously I had that year of fire. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, it's time to, if you're going to write this book, um, you know, to, to show what God's glory of what he did in my life and inside of me, um, then you have to write from a healed place. And so I had this insane experience um, where I had no idea what was going on. You know, I'd be calling you, I'd be calling Carissa and my sponsor and just being like, I don't know what's going on. Like I'm going outside, things seem bigger, they seem vibrant. I feel like um, I had like this deep, deep pain in my chest that it felt like pressing down my numb my limbs would um, go numb here and there my pupils were fully dilated and it was freaking me out because I just could remember that this is what would happen um, whenever I would try to get sober and I'd be separated from from drugs so it was just this like what is going on why like I don't understand and the fear of not knowing what was going on was making it so much worse mm-hmm. um, and fortunately I, there was a, a girl who moved from Florida here that happened to be going through the same thing, but she knew what it was. And it was a random night, you know, so a divine appointment that we're led, we're sitting there and she's like, I'm like, but why did you have to move back to Florida? And she's like, well, I had to go to trauma healing. I had to go into trauma work because I started having like all these effects and she started explaining what they were and they were all my symptoms, you know? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, a light bulb went off because it's like, okay, I'm not going crazy. This is an experience that people have. Like this has to do with either trauma or panic. You know, I didn't know. And I called um, an old therapist I'd had from a few years before. And I was just kind of like, I was like freaking out. Like, I just don't know what's going on and, and scared to death, severe fight or flight mode. Um, and she's like, okay, I think I know what's going on. I'm, you know, I'll get you into this woman who ended up putting me into a worse state. The first trauma therapist and the second one, you know, weren't, um, weren't a good experience, but I ended up going to the trauma therapist who, um, the original woman that I called who happens to be 30 years sober. And she was like, you know what? I feel really terrible about recommending them. They're highly recommended in Atlanta. They do MDR or whatever it is and EMDR. And um, why don't you just come into my office? I've actually been through this. And she sat me down, you know, and she, like I said, she's 30 years sober. She's a therapist and she had healed panic disorder and trauma from her childhood and all my symptoms, she was able to be like, hey, this is what's going on. You know, we just, we need to get your baseline. You're in severe fight or flight right now. And so that's why all your sensory, like the, I could hear everything, the light bulbs, my 
my vision was off. I mean, everything sensory was completely off. And, um, and I was still working in corporate America at this time, you know, and, and during that time, so it was like the panic gets set off. And then all of a sudden we're told we have to come back to work. And I'm like, I am loving living, you know, with like, I get my work done. I go for a run in the sun, like all the things. And then I'll have to go back to corporate America. And I'm, I have no idea what's going on with me right now. I'm like tripping out. Um, and, and then I'm forced to get the vaccine and it was just one thing after another. And then I lose the baby. And then it was just like these deep things, one thing after another, um, that all connected to your body too. All connected to my body. Like your body was already like, I'm not okay. I need you to connect with me and honor me and let's like understand what's happening. And then all these things kind of outside of your control happened with your body. Right. And, you know, through me, you and Carissa, our little visioneers group who are like, we are committed. We made a decision to live a spiritual life and we want to go as far as God calls us to go. And even in that state of unwellness, you know, I'm like, the job is not aligning. You know, God started making these disruptions in my life of like, hey, it's time to go another way. But I'm so attached to, but this is what I know. And I'm confused. I feel this intuitive call to start doing something else. But society would tell me everything I've learned growing up would tell me, hey, you got a paycheck every two weeks. They're paying for your school. You absolutely adore the owners. Like it would make sense to stay here. But everything internally and in my body was just like out of whack. It's time to go. I need to make a change. I'm not going to make it to the office. And oh, it was another year of healing. But I, you know, through that experience, it was like, okay, it's time. I'm going to, it's time for me to write the book. I feel called to write the book. I'm starting this therapy and I'm trying to get regulated. I couldn't get in elevators. Like that's how scared I was. And, and August 1st, I, you know, one of the owners, uh, one of the owners passed away who is like one of my greatest angels in in my life, guide in my life, you know, um, she ended up passing away and it was like, okay, it's time to go. Like she, it wasn't that I loved what I was doing, but I loved her, you know, and I loved like, she just was such a role model. She taught me so much and it was time for me to leave the job. I had no idea what I was going to do. I had, I was not financially in the position to leave, you know, and I was like, I'm going to put all this to the test. All this that I've learned with God, that he's, he's calling me and went, what is faith? Faith is, you know, in the not yet seen, believing in the not yet seen. So I have this intuitive call that no one else has. No one else can make me feel good about. But I have to be like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And I put my two weeks in. And like I said, I did not have the funds to be doing this. And I was like, I'm ready to write my book. I'm ready to write the book with you, God. 
you know. It's so true. I actually think that our our whole mantra between the visioneers that year, which like just noting for anyone listening, Carissa <laughs> is like just just be prepared because Carissa, yeah. Daisy, and Lily, like you're gonna be seeing a lot of episodes from us, a lot of teasers into probably our own whole show, podcast show together. But yeah. um our whole, yeah, like just I mean. But like you were saying, like um, even our even even our prayer before we recorded the podcast today, it's like like God places people in your life to help you remember your purpose and to mm-hmm. step into that faith. Like he, God puts people into your life that are going to help you practice the trust and the faith and the discipline and the devotion and all those things. And, um, but I, I remember our mantra became answer the call. So like anytime something so crazy would come up, like something that felt so insane, so against our like, like social conditioning or we, we would just, we'd run it by each other. And we, and it was always like, answer the call. We have to answer the call, you know, that's our duty. And it's just like, I mean, truly, none of us and would we even did, be. Though, all three, like, Carissa did it, you did it, and Carissa was obviously first, so it, it gave me, you know, some motivation and some confidence. I'm and like, sometimes she there's it, she these, left. sometimes there's these, like, divine interventions, almost, like, almost yeah. that, like, your deep loyalty was to your boss, Sandy. And it yeah. was almost that loyalty that got confused, that was confusing you with, is it truly my time to go? And then there was like this sl- subtle in- divine intervention and and Sandy quite literally left. Like she was like, I'm going to spread my wings. I'm getting my angel wings and I'm still going to be with you on your way. And mm. yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, and she she lived that way though you know, like her, the empire that she built, like she, she was a go-getter and just lived off of that type of faith, you know, and, but I can even remember to go back to where you were helping me because you were having these experiences with the body, you know, just, it was like you were six months ahead of me or a year ahead of me or something. And I can't remember from your like PTSD healing and so you would give me these little um, tools while I'd be working, you know, because I'd be like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through eight hours, you know, Monday through Friday. And you would be like, okay, every hour, you know, just take a break from the screen. Like you're extremely overstimulated, just like all this language I hadn't really heard before of like trying to understand that this was somewhat normal because this insane experience that it was like, I I can't even speak about it. I'm just like, you know, wall-eyed the whole time. Um, And so you started teaching me about breath. Like, not that I hadn't been doing breath work in the sense of meditation, but in a, in a new way of like, hey, you're in such That's a like high a modality state. for healing. Yeah, right. Like, okay, you're in such a high alert state. You're in what is not parasympathetic. What's the other one? Sympathetic. Sympathetic. You know, and so we need to start calming you down a little bit and getting you a little regulated. So let's just do something very simple. And I, it was as simple as deep breathing while working, or taking five minutes 
to think about how my body feels five minutes every hour, you know, and that was a lifeline for me. I was so unwell, you know, but that was like where this stuff started coming in for me of like, hey, there's there's some kind of sickness in the body that's wanting to be released. And um, and I knew that I needed to make a change uh, it just wasn't going to work and it was time for me to write. And so I just took that leap of faith and put it in, was just like, it's time for me to go and no idea what I'm going to do. And everyone's like, you know, society, <laughs> except for my visioneers who are like, it is time. And, and yeah. And earlier oh too, God. you, you made the comment, you can get addicted to comfort. Like you, you were saying that earlier on and it's like, you were faced with, are you going to cling and stay attached to the comfort of corporate America and the, the perks that you were getting from this unique relationship with the owners that you had and like the way they ran their business, the way that they, or like it was attachment. Yeah. Like attachment. Yeah. And so you were challenged to face that, not that it was an addiction for you, but it quite, it could have turned into that because that's what happens yeah. is like, there's this, like, I love the saying there's constriction before expansion, because it's like, we need to feel that felt sense of where am I constricting? Because that's usually where I'm starting to cling on to something for comfort. Mm -hmm. And that is actually the exact place that I need to surrender usually, you know, that is the place that's going to guide me and crack me open into that freedom. And so it's like, when you get that indication of constriction of like, okay, I've started implementing these tools at work now, I'm really doing what I can to try to make this a sustainable option for me. But yeah, that like, is it gratitude? Is it there were so many tools that I applied to shift my attitude towards the job and it it was just time, you know, and um, it was just absolutely wild, though, because I could never have seen myself taking such a leap. But I can remember reading about at the beginning of like the second spiritual awakening of like, do you know, it's possible to wake up every day excited to live like mm. people actually live like that. And I'm like thinking oh, I say I'm all like trying to do this spirituality stuff and living with God, yet I'm waking up and I'm like, ugh, rushing to grab a coffee, not eating breakfast. I'm not a morning person, getting in the car, driving like a batshit crazy woman to get to the office. You know, like that was how I was living. And then I, I start reading this, you know, book and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's possible to not live that way. You know, is it possible that the belief system that I'm not a morning system, morning person is a lie or that I can actually live excited and that the thinking had to be changed? And then I obviously the body had to be healed and that it is possible to live in peace, you know, in abundance. And I'm like, wow, that was the motivator because I, I got a big taste of that. And then it was like, you have to keep going further, you know. Yeah. And I, like, I love to, you know, we're, 
we're not taught to honor our bodies and the experiences our bodies are having. And so the fact, you know, I feel like that is where part of trusting our creator comes from is learning how to honor our bodies because the more you do, the more you tune into your bodies and what your body is communicating with you at any given time, the more you're really tuning into God and truth and what, where you're being led. And, you know, trauma can create this state of constantly thinking you're not safe or you're not okay. So sometimes you're in a safe place. Or something's wrong. Or something's wrong. That's how I interpreted it. Like something's wrong with me. Yeah, like there's, it creates these narratives because it, it literally kind of shrinks your world. And all of a sudden, this once expansive live space you lived in, you feel so isolated in your, in your experience and alone. And um, it's just, you know, with, with that, sometimes there are situations where you're actually safe in and the trauma is starting to surface because it finally feels safe to be processed, but then at the same time, there's also sometimes where situations like, you know, a lot of corporate America environments, they are not sustainable for addressing underlying issues or issues of trauma because in themselves, they're a dysregulated environment. So like you're constantly putting your body under stress. So the fact that you were able to finally go, I've used all these tools that I can, but what is what are my values you are faced with the question of like what are my values do i want to stay somewhere that's essentially making me sick both in body mind spirit or do i want to take that leap of faith and it's such a an important message too because a lot of people stay in what's comfortable and they end up adapting even more toxic coping mechanisms just to sustain what they thought was once comfortable or what once expanded them, but then started to constrict them. Yeah. And it was like the fear, fear of failure was so great. And that's where so much of my addiction to comfortability, like I'll just do just enough to just stay in this line, you know, never step my toe out and put myself in a position to fail or be wrong you know, like, how could someone blindly just leave a job they've worked out for five years, you know, and been blessed and, and all these things, you know, when I'm in the middle of school, college, and obviously have bills and things like that. And like, but it's just different when you've been praying and you have a foundation and you answer that call. It's like God provides. And I can say from now you know, fast forward, like I was completely provided for every step of the way, but it does take, you know, living in the spiritual life, which is honesty and open-mindedness and willingness and, um, you know, being in those characteristics at, at the least. Yeah. And even I'm thinking about like in coaching, we learn about how, the mind is wired to want evidence first. Like the mind wants evidence that I'm going to be provided for if I do this. And oftentimes, like, you know, to to build with your trust in God, God's going to say, I want you 
to trust me first and then I'll give you the evidence later. And in the coaching language, it's just like we have to get embodied in the truth. We have to be embodied in the truth that God is going to provide for me. And then when you're in that, that's what faith is, being embodied right. in the truth of your creator or source or of the knowing that you will be provided for. And then you get to experience that. And so for you, in your story so far, like what you've shared today, we've heard a lot about like the symptoms mm-hmm. of your trauma, of the brutal nature of this second awakening you went through. And you're still journeying through it in different ways, but what are the promises? What are the promises, not just out externally, like the freedom you're starting to experience, like I said, the pendulum, because it's like you, okay, you hit the trauma, you hit a thing and you're kind of constricted a little bit and then it swings over and then you're like, wait, I'm getting this new freedom again, or this new laughter, this joy or whatever. But what are the promises that you've been experiencing so far that have come from doing this deep work, this deep trauma, literal, actual trauma healing in your body? And how does it show up somatically? Like, what are the promises of the body, how the body has opened up for you or just externally how you're experiencing life? Yeah, no, I mean, worth every single bit of it. You know, like, obviously, I, I, I don't want to portray it as something, you know, too bad because, wow, my life today, I'm, I am not who I was last summer. I am not who I was. And the book is finished. Like all the things that I felt were the revision process is being started, but um, it is absolutely insane that there was so many pains and, and really what it was, all of that panic and trauma was feelings that were stuck from past experiences and no, no shit, you know, like I was um, an addict. So there was a lot that was unfelt and it doesn't just go away. And that's what I learned. And there was a lot of soft, gentle language. And through that experience, I was still dancing, you know, learning how to move my body in new ways and still connecting like, uh, um, and I was still, I was hungry for more of God, you know, and, and so it was just this ability, like one, the effects of just committing to this, this call of like, I can't believe I'm going to write a book. I have no idea how to do that. No idea. And yet here I am like wrapping it up and (laughs) the effects of just that uncomfortability. Like there's a quote that I, that's been going around and it's like, if you do the uncomfortable, you live a comfortable life. And if you do the comfortable, then you live the uncomfortable life. And so I had to do the uncomfortable of writing. And just that accomplishment each day of like, hey, I'm going to break this down. And that's a whole other thing. But um, that accomplishment inside of what it's done, you know, and I've had relief um, financially. I've had relief uh, relationally and relief within myself. My baseline is not where it was. If I do have dysfunction or dysregulation come up or panic, you know, I would say that it is something that can be completely healed. It is not something that I identify like, Hey, I have panic disorder. Um, and that's not in a sense of like being 
irrational or whatever. Like, no, I accepted that I'm subject to that. Um, if I'm in avoidance of what's going on in my body and I've learned enough that I can release so much of that and the peace and regulation that I experienced today, I don't even know if I have words. I really don't even know if I have words, but um, it's been profound. Like even healing and, and identifying something like hormonal disorder was literally my body sending a message of like, hey, there's some dysregulation going on and it had to do with um, obviously the feminine hormone sexual trauma. Yeah. And that that was healed. And guess what? My hormones are regulated, you know? So, I mean, so much abundance through that process. Like, I'm so glad that I, I took the leap of faith. I had no idea how it was going to work out, yet I was provided for. I was given a year to finish college, write this book, um, and to heal. And so I was going into therapy, you know, I was willing to not save money. It was all going to go to my health. It was all going to go to um, trying different things out, learning different things like shaking, you know, when you feel a surge of energy or too much and um, learning different modalities of breath work like you have taught me and just an absolute release. And it's like, I don't, I'm not living that way anymore. You know, I've released so much, um, so much. Oh, I love that. And I also, I was thinking the quote that you shared about the, um, you know, you have to face the, like being uncomfortable to live a comfortable life. And I was just thinking, you know, like the most comfortable thing that you can be and the, the safest bet you can make is to be yourself, like your authentic self. And the only uncomfortable part of that is giving yourself permission when everything externally tells you otherwise, you know, whatever right. childhood conditioning, society, like systemic, whatever it is that tells you, who tries to tell you who you are, you have to face all of that. And, you know, a lot of the experts in trauma, like Dr. Gabor Matei always talks about this. He's like, the fundamental root of tr a lot of trauma, you know, besides, you know, cert certain types of trauma, a lot of the fundamental dysregulations that happen in people is because they're not living who they were meant to live as. And just by not living authentically, it can create subtle dysregulation in the body. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, where, you know, a lot of deep, deep, more deeply rooted traumas you know, are different than that, but, um, I'll never forget like one awakening with that when I'm like experiencing this panic, you know, and I'm like, when is this going to end? Whatever. Um, and I had done a exercise with, um, my therapist, she had walked me through a meditation and I got in touch with this deep sadness. And I realized the pain on my chest was grief. A, a, a brutal grief, you know, and it was relief right there. It was like, oh, if I could just feel this sadness and like let it go all the way through, then I can be in my normal state again. 
it just needed to come out and it also it needed to happen so that I could write you know I was there was a lot of things that needed to be seen clearly and so I realized today that I can listen more to my body what it needs and not be afraid of it and start saying my body is safe you know and I can feel and another promise would be that fear didn't have to rule me anymore I realized that it's not that we'll never experience fear because it's it's part of the human experience, you know, but we don't have to attach to it or be consumed to it, you know, consumed by it. So where before it would come in and that was it, game over, it's in my body, it's in my mind and I'm stuck, you know, I, but now it's like, okay, I can have this come up. I might tighten up. I might clench, do whatever response and then I can breathe yeah. and be like, okay. But I have so much evidence now that I keep taking these leaps of faith. The more times that I do that, the more my faith bucket gets filled up. And I have so much evidence that how dare I question it, you know? And the bigger leaps that I take, like leaving the job to write the book, and then I, it gets provided for, it's like undeniable how I can never doubt again, you know, that like God is there. And it does take us being like, I'm not going to choose fear. I'm going to choose faith, you know? Yeah. And I think too, like one thing that you mentioned, and this is just something I really believe in is a lot of times we think our fear is rooted in one thing, but like for me personally, I've identified that like really at the root of all of my fear is like, I'm just afraid of my feelings. Like I'm not really afraid I'm not going to be provided for. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to handle the feelings that come if I'm not feeling provided for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like once you start to learn how to work with the body, which when you're working with the body, you're working with your feelings. Like you're learning, we're not taught how to feel in a safe way. And that's what trauma forces us into. It forces us to find safety and to find the people that are going to guide us through feeling and trusting the feelings that we have. So even once we start after, I feel like after you really go through deep trauma healing, you start to trust your feelings and you don't fear them anymore. And then you're yeah. able to trust what is to come because you've, you've felt it all. You've said, I am safe to feel and, and I can handle feelings as they come instead of not not being able to anymore and so right. all of a sudden you're safe and I think that it's important to point out too that like whatever you resist persist you know like the pain is in the resistance so if it's I'm scared to do healing or whatever like it's you can't avoid it it's there so you can live in dysregulation at several years of just being like this is the way that I am or it's like I could feel and release and have the promises that I have now of freedom in that. And it's not that it's over, you know, necessarily, but oh my gosh, having the regulation that I have today is so worth it. I'm not who I was a year ago, you know, and my life is abundant. Like I'm getting married this month, you know, my relationship is deepens the more that I deepen with God and the healing process of that love that you want and desire and deserve and are created for. Um, I mean, I'm about to wrap up college, like so many things through just this finished process. your book, <laughs> just finished the book, like 
so excited to get it out. Like, cannot wait. Starting your podcasting journey. (laughs) Right. Like, the trauma healing years, year and a half, I guess. Um, I mean, there's just so much there. You couldn't even, you can't even touch on it in one episode. That would just take... Yeah, I mean, we have so much wisdom to share in, <laughs> when it comes to that. So we have plenty more inspired episodes to come. But I love, too, like how you wrapped that all up is like the way you described that felt sense of regulation in your body. And you realized nothing that's going to compromise that is going to be worth your time, your energy, your focus, no, no amount of money, no amount of security, nothing is more secure than honoring that within your body. Um, but before we wrap up, I just want to ask, is there any like final comments or notes or any like last message you just want to get out to anyone that's listening, any like messages of hope or more understanding that you want to get out? And then also, wrap it up with um after that where can people find you if they want to follow you on social media or keep up with information about when your book is going to come out and the journey of publishing so i'll let you take take the last um yeah um i mean we'll definitely oh my gosh wait am i there sorry i just started getting a call um I think obviously the theme is answer the call. Like if you feel like that you're alone in whatever's going on in your body, if you feel like there's something more, you're unhappy with what you're doing, answer it, you know, find your people who are living the type of life who want to go forward, who want to go towards spirituality and live in the abundance. And also like, um, I think that there's, if anything, you know, for my spirituality, it comes down to truthfulness. If you have that, like, you'll be okay and you'll be led. You know, if you can be the more truthful with what's going on in here, you know, that's positive. But I definitely want to do another one of these to, like, share, you know, my book experience that's going to be coming out so soon. Um, obviously it is about my year in prison. So, um, and how I have, you know, overcame that and what happened, what got me there, um, and how to live where I am now, which is, is absolutely insane through spiritual action. So you can obviously find me on social media, which is Lily M. Ross, uh, with IE. So L I L L I E M Ross, and it will be Bellu at the end of the you know month. So excited about that! Um, but already embodied Lizzie. that for you with our yes, the Lizzie. title, uh, and because that's just who I am now. And yeah, so obviously, like I am just if anything resonated and I could be of service to anyone, please, my I'm open to be that for you. So. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. I hope that it was, you know, of service to people. Thank you so much, Lily B. And yes, like we already said, she's going to be back on with our uh, third bestie, Carissa, because we yes. just, we have so much to share. <laughs> so much to together. share. Um, the best. Everyone will because love we her. want everybody to experience the vibe and the energy 
in our friendship like we want everyone to have the same like friendships like us so I will tag all of Lily the best gift is these friendships that we have and I will say that I literally prayed for like (laughs) friends like this and pray for you yeah literally (laughs) (laughs) okay I'm gonna stop the recording now